Thursday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with these products or their health benefits, don't hesitate to reach out to Artisan Botanicals. They have a staff dedicated to helping you live a better life. 405-458-9699. Whether you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, check out Artisan Botanicals. Plus, we're saving you 15% when you order online, abotanicalcompany.com, discount code Colby Show to save 15% off your online order. Artisan Botanicals, once again, abotanicalcompany.com. All right, it is draft day, and Aaron Davis and I are going to give you our final mock drafts before we are at chalk tonight. So this is going to be an incredible evening at chalk. So we hope to see you guys there. Here is Aaron Davis. Aaron Davis, finally, it is draft day. It almost feels like Christmas morning as uh, we get ready to go over our final mock drafts. We've done this about a million times over the last few weeks. Uh, this one is uh, going to be set in stone unless, I guess, uh, we, we get public knowledge before 7 o'clock tonight. I guess technically you have the opportunity to make one more adjustment should we get some breaking news this afternoon. But... Uh, Finally, it's draft day. We're going to be at Chalk tonight, beginning at 6.30. We're going to have a live broadcast throughout the entire draft. The draft starts at 7. We're going to have a 30-minute pre-draft show, if you will. And then we're going to give reaction to all 32 picks. So this is going to be a great time. We have lots of giveaways. Uh, We have uh, free draft swag. So when you come in, make sure you grab some draft swag. Draw a draft prospect out of the hopper, and if you draw one of the top 10 picks, you're going to win a prize. The grand prize is actually a Baker Mayfield autographed canvas print, uh, which is just an exceptional grand prize for this thing. So whoever draws Trevor Lawrence, uh, he's going to be the number one pick tonight. You're going to win the Baker Mayfield autographed canvas print. So this is going to be really cool. Chalk is a great sports atmosphere. They have great food, $3 Bud Lights all night long throughout the draft tonight. That's the beer special, so I can't wait for this. But uh, Aaron, draft day, man, finally. It's going to be – it's a bittersweet day. It's the last day I'm going to be able to justify having Todd McShay and uh, Mel Thiper Jr. behind me. But uh, I'm excited, man. We've done a lot of draft talk. We've done a couple of mock drafts. We're going to do – well, potentially the final one today. But uh, there's been uh, – this was a tough one to do because there's been trades in the past week. There's been a bunch of rumors of moving around and not, not really knowing what teams want to do. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I kind of struggled with this this mock a little bit. It was uh, it was a little bit tough. Hell, I think doing the three rounds last week was easier than doing a full first today just because <laughs> I have no closer to knowing what any team's intentions are today than I was two months ago. Yeah. I agree. And and look, you get into this final week, you get so much bad information. Teams start releasing things to throw people off their scent, right? To throw people off the trail. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to know what to believe when we get to draft week. Did, you mentioned the movement and the trades. Did any of that stuff ultimately have an impact on you going one way or the other? Because for me, it was something I kept in my mind. But just to give you an example... For, for the Carolina Panthers at eight, they, they, they get rid of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, like, if the quarterback that I think they would like was there, I don't think that, you know, nothing there would have impacted me from making a different move. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just, you know, we talked about it before, maybe them possibly going quarterback at eight with Carolina. 
And now that they don't have, they don't even have a second quarterback now, I guess, unless they bring back the XFL dude that threw a few passes last year. But that just opens up that, that questioning of is Carolina going to draft a quarterback now? Because Denver said that even though they brought in Bridgewater, the reports were that they're still interested in a quarterback, but Carolina's up there before Denver. Like, I don't know. Like, now I'm at a point where I think six out of the top eight teams in this draft could take a quarterback. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Only Cincinnati and Miami obviously aren't. But you're right. I mean, six of the the top eight are in the quarterback market. And I think if the right guy is available, they will pull the trigger. If the right guy is available to Detroit, I think they pull the trigger. Same thing for Carolina and Denver. I agree. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be a fun draft. It's I don't know if it's like this every year or if I'm just caught up in the moment, but this really does. I mean, we know one and two, but it really feels like I have no idea where this draft is going to go. Like, I don't yeah. know where any of these teams are going to go. Like, there's no team that just has, like, a very specific one need or two needs, really. Like, every team needs multiple things. I guess Tampa Bay might be the exception because they have no needs. But that's still the same thing. You don't know where they're going to go at 32. Yeah, they can I know do they're anything. Not taking- yeah, I, I know they're not taking Justin Fields at 32. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. I know for a fact they are not taking Justin Fields. Oh, Chris Sims, what <laughs> is he doing? What a Justin Fields, the 32nd pick in the NFL draft. That is insanity. Like, even if you even if you evaluate him as the fifth best quarterback and think that all these teams in the top ten, we just talked about it, six of the top eight teams or nine teams. Denver, I think, is in that category as well. All of those teams could take quarterbacks. So, actually, I think we're talking about seven of the top nine, right? I mean, only Cincinnati and Miami are exempt from taking a quarterback in this first round. So, yeah, seven Uh, of the top nine could take a quarterback. (laughs) And then you're telling me that if Justin Fields is available, that the New England Patriots at 15 are going to say pass, that the the Washington football team is going to say pass that the Chicago Bears, whose quarterbacks right now are Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, would say pass on Justin Fields. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, who have Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career. That's ridiculous. There is no way Justin Fields is dropping to 32. There's no justification for that happening. There's absolutely zero justification for him going to 32. Yeah. And, like, even if you don't like Justin Fields and you think he's the – uh, fifth best quarterback of the guys in this first round. There's like nine teams that need a quarterback to think yeah. that they're not going to to think that the Patriots at 15 of Justin Fields is on the board is going to are going to take Jalen Waddle. That's insane. Yeah. As good as Jalen Waddle is, there's no way they take him over a quarterback. They don't have anybody to get him the ball. Right. Well, and especially and look, by the time you get to those teams we just mentioned at 19 or 20, like, look, if if you are the Atlanta Falcons and Justin Fields is there, but, but Kyle Pitts is there also like you can justify saying, Hey, you know what? We do need to consider that Matt Ryan could be done in a couple years and we have an opportunity to get another franchise quarterback, but there's this generational talent like Kyle Pitts available. Maybe we have to go with the generational talent. There's not a generational talent available with the number 20 pick in the NFL draft to the Chicago bears. No, not on paper so, at least. Yeah. So, yeah, insane. I look. 
if I can, if I could bet on anything today, it's it's that Justin Fields will not be available with the thirty second pick in this draft. I don't think Vegas would give you money on that. No. <laughs> no. There's, there's just no way. Like the Saints or Packers would take a shot at Justin Fields at twenty eight or twenty nine before the Bucks even had a chance. Yeah. The Packers even, obviously would. Even teams, yeah. Even teams that don't need quarterbacks, yeah, would would snag him up if he's there. Yeah, because look, at worst, you're getting future picks for the guy. You're getting yeah, exactly. a future first round pick for the guy. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, why would Pittsburgh not take him at twenty four? You think right. you're gonna tell me that Pittsburgh, if Justin Fields is on the board, they're gonna take Najee Harris over Justin Fields at twenty four? No, there's no chance. They'll just they're They'll just go on the fly and say, you know what? We're going to take a quarterback here. We're going to take this potential franchise quarterback. There's no chance. Yeah. He's getting paid to do this. Yeah. Unbelievable. That, All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's get started. Let's, I'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see what you did with your mock draft. I've got mine ready as well. Um, we, can, we can start with yours and uh, walk me through what you did. Okay, do you want me to go through the whole thing, or you want to go pick by pick? Yeah, w- w- let's go. Uh, let's go top five here. And uh, okay, yeah. All right, my my top five is pretty easy, and I think that it's probably going to be the top same top five that most people have. I've got uh, Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, obviously Zach Wilson to New York. Uh, I I look, I'm convinced. Uh, I think Mac Jones is going to San Francisco. Um, all the reports have been that it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, and if Kyle Shanahan has loved Mac Jones through this whole process from the very beginning, it's felt like Mac Jones is his guy, then it's hard for me to believe that they're not going to take Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, especially if they're trying to win now. Mac Jones is the guy that's going to give him a better chance to win now. So Mac Jones to San Francisco. Uh, Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. If, if there wasn't all the rumors about Atlanta trying to trade Julio, then I would say maybe they'd go quarterback here. But the fact that they're trying to trade Julio tells me that they are going to look at this as they kind of need to get a weapon uh, to replace Julio because uh, everybody everybody outside of Arthur Blank, uh, GM, coaches, they all want to try and win now. So I think Kyle Pitts gives them that best opportunity there. Um, and then I have Sewell fifth to Cincinnati, which I think is – as long as Cincinnati doesn't trade out, that's a lock. Yeah. That's just as much of a lock as Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. Really? Okay. I, I didn't – I ended up uh, going away from that. So – from Panay Sewell? Yeah, at five. Wow, okay. Yeah, no, look, if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, Panay Sewell is absolutely what I'm taking there. Uh, but I, I'm I'm really getting the feeling that uh, they're Maybe going a different receiver. direction. So, uh, yeah. All right, so I went Trevor Lawrence as well. That's going to happen tonight. I went Zach Wilson as well. That's going to happen tonight. So I really like thought about this San Francisco quarterback situation. And I think what it boils down to, first of all, like, what purpose does it serve for San Francisco to trade up to number three and then, like, put out false narratives about them liking Mac Jones? Right? Like, they already got the third pick. Right. They're got, whether it's Trey Lance, Joseph Fields, or Mac Jones, they have they could get whoever they want. Right. They can get the guy that they want. So, like, I, I don't understand what the purpose of, like, putting out false information would be in that spot. So, like... For as much as I look at Mac Jones and I'm like, if Mac Jones is available, would the Lions take him at seven? Would Carolina take him at eight? Would Denver take him at nine? And I don't, I, I, I lean toward no if he's on the board in the top 10, but for whatever reason, uh, they value him more than they value the other guys. And I, I just, 
I think at the end of the day, I, I just kind of feel like I have to believe that they really are that infatuated with Mac Jones. And here's the other thing. We keep hearing that it's more Mac Jones and Trey Lance than Justin Fields as po- a possibility with the number three pick. Trey Lance is going to need some time. He is not an immediate starter. So I think when I look at San Francisco, they're too good to bring in a guy, especially if they move Garoppolo, because there are Garoppolo trade rumors flying around right now. They're too good to bring in Trey Lance and have him sit for a year and basically not have quarterback production with a team that was just in the Super Bowl the year before last. So... I think Mac Jones is more prepared to play immediately than Trey Lance is. Um, that that still doesn't mean that he starts the season, but um, I, I just think that uh, you have a better chance of putting him in and and him playing at a high level in year one than Trey Lance. Obviously, the upside for Trey Lance is is way higher than Mac Jones. So I settled on Mac Jones with the number three pick, uh, and then Atlanta I think is interesting because. While Kyle Pitts seems like the no-brainer, I think if you've got Justin Fields there, he's a Georgia kid, It, ju- it like it's too easy for the Falcons to win over the entire fan base by drafting the next quarterback, the next guy. It gives that front office an extended amount of time to make their mistakes uh, if you've got the next guy in waiting to follow Matt Ryan. I mean, it... it, it you, Aaron, you secure your job if you're the GM in Atlanta by taking Justin Fields for for like two years. Yeah, yeah. I look. I agree. I wouldn't like if I'm Atlanta too. I'm probably considering taking quarterback. Yeah. I just everything that I've read, it kind of seems like Kyle Pitts is a lock at four. Yeah. Um, yeah I, we'll find out how much right. push Arthur Blank gives in this pick because I was reading earlier that he's been pretty adamant about taking a quarterback at four. Yeah, but everybody else in the organization has wanted to build around Matt Ryan for the next two years. And that would imply Kyle Pitts is obviously the best option there. If you're just trying to build around Matt Ryan. Yeah, that's, I mean, those are the two guys. Uh, I ended up going with Justin, uh, Justin Fields. Cause I think at the end of the day, once again, he's a Georgia guy. They need a franchise quarterback. They're not going to be, I I mean, I I find it hard to believe they're going to be in this position again in the next couple years. Very unlikely. Yeah. Um, And again, and again, if you're the GM, like I don't, Maybe you like Kyle Pitts better, but are you going to really fight, uh, stand on the table and fight if the owner wants Justin Fields and it's basically going to extend the yeah. expectations for what you have to accomplish? Like, you have the next guy in line. Like, I, I think uh, it, that's a great move for a GM, to be honest with you. So, Justin Fields at four for me to Atlanta, and then Cincinnati... Look, if if I were Cincinnati, my order for this pick would be Penesul 1, Kyle Pitts 2, and Jamar Chase 3. But I'm giving them Jamar Chase in this mock draft because I, I think the more I've looked into this, the more I keep hearing that, that they love Jamar Chase, that Joe Burrow has campaigned for Jamar Chase to be this pick. Um, I, had, uh, I had a Cincinnati Bengal... Uh, beat writer tell me that while their offensive line is not good and they added some pieces this offseason, there's a lot of conversations about how many coverage sacks there were a year ago, and it's because they don't really have a speed guy. They have some good receivers, but they don't have a speed guy, uh, and they feel like Jamar Chase can be that that guy that uh, keeps teams from loading the box, that can get free, Uh so while I, I this wouldn't be my pick, I landed on Jamar Chase 
going to Cincinnati at number five. Yeah, look, I've heard all the I've heard the talk as well about Jamar Chase at, to Cincinnati, and you know what? This is why Cincinnati always sucks. This is why this is a franchise for thirty <laughs> yeah. years that has been terrible. Yeah, because you have a potential franchise left tackle guy that could be an All Pro year after year, perennial Pro Bowler. And you have a franchise quarterback that just blew his knee out and you're going to go get him a receiver. Yeah. It just like it makes 100 percent sense that Cincinnati would do this and get caught up in the flashy pick in Jamar Chase. But it's just it's absolutely ridiculous that Cincinnati would do this. And I agree. They probably might. They probably might do this. I'm still going to stick with Sewell because I think that. It's just too. I don't know. I just I think they're going to side with Sewell. But I've heard all the the talk about Jamar Chase to five and I've. Been saying this for weeks. I think it's absolutely stupid to take Jamar Chase at five if you're Cincinnati. As good as Jamar Chase is, like what? I just it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. But well, look, all, Matt yeah. Jones at three doesn't make any sense to me either. Uh, but I, I think that's what San Francisco is going to do. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you though. I, I don't think that's the right move for them. But I just uh, trust I I trust San Francisco a little bit more. <laughs> Then I trust Cincinnati's front office, yeah, though. So that's fair. That's fair. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in, in San Francisco. And, well, and, I mean, and the other thing is, I, 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 they keep saying, like, I think Jonah Williams could play the right side, but they keep swearing that uh, they don't believe he could play the right side, that he is strictly a left tackle. So that's, that's, That is an insane comment as well to yeah. me. That if you could play left tackle in the NFL, you can't play right tackle? Yeah. I, what? It's, it's strange, man. Okay. All right, give me your 6 through 10. Miami, Detroit, Carolina, Denver, and the Dallas Cowboys. All right, I've got a couple of trades here. Uh, Jamar Chase to Miami at 6. I've had him pretty much sharpied in there for a few weeks now, for probably longer than that. Uh, Detroit is going to trade with Denver. Uh, Detroit, there's tons of talk that Detroit, uh, yeah, Detroit is pretty desperate to move back because like we've talked about, they're so bad across the board. It just makes more sense for them to gather as many assets as they can. Uh, and draft, you know, they walk out with 20 players in this draft. They probably would. Yeah, they definitely would. But uh, I've got Denver trading up to seven to take Justin Fields. Um, I think that Denver's kind of in a situation right now where who are they going to start over? Like, who's going to start while Trey Lance progresses? Drew Locke. I mean, that's I mean, I guess. But I just feel like Justin Fields walks in there. He's immediately contending, competing for that starting job. Teddy B. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, same yeah. difference. Yeah. You're not going to win with either of those no. guys. Justin Fields, maybe you can win with them. So I got Denver trading up to seven uh, to take Justin Fields. And then I've got another trade I just worked in because I, I messed up on my mock draft, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so I've got New England trading up to eight from 15, and they're going to take Trey Lance. And then uh, Detroit's going to take Patrick Sertan, and then the Cowboys are going to take J.C. Horn. Nice. All right, I like that. I, I really like the Denver trade up. I, I I could absolutely see that happening. All well, right, yeah, so Carolina. I mean, absolutely, Carolina could is still in the market for a quarterback, even yeah. more so than they were two days ago. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. All right, so Miami Dolphins for me. Um, I had them taking Kyle Pitts, best pass catcher on the board here for me, with Jamar Chase gone at number five. Uh, if look, if Pitts is gone, I, this could easily flip flop and Jamar Chase be the pick. Uh, seven Detroit Lions. I went uh, best player on the board. I didn't do any trades, so for the, for the sake of my mock draft, I just didn't do any trades, which we will see tonight. But uh, Panay Sewell to the Detroit Lions. 
Carolina Panthers take Rashawn Slater, although I really thought hard about Micah Parsons in this slot. Um, you think about what that team was built on. It was built on Luke Keekley playing, you know, being in the middle of that defense for a decade. Uh, he He's no longer there. I think they need that presence defensively. I think that's the kind of football team Matt Rule likes. Let's not forget, Matt Rule's also a Penn State guy. Um, I, this just, if they took Micah Parsons, I wouldn't at all be surprised. Uh, but I, you know, the more I thought about it, uh, they, you know, if, if Sam Darnold is their guy and regardless of who their guy is, they've got to get better on the offensive line. So I went Rashawn Slater to the Panthers, uh, the Denver Broncos take Trey Lance, the fifth quarterback in the top 10, uh, at number nine. Again, they have Drew Locke. They have Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, that gives them the opportunity to uh, let's Bridgewater be the bridge this season to Trey Lance being the future. And then the Dallas Cowboys at 10, Patrick Sertan, the second. If uh, if Dallas ends up with J.C. Horn, are you going to – is it kind of just like you're happy either way if it's Sertan or Horn, or do you have a – like? Strict preference between those two at, at ten. I really don't. Um, I, I I I like Sertan's all around game a little bit better. Uh, you know, we talked about this a week ago. I think his floor is higher, uh, but J.C. Horn's ceiling is higher. So you know, you can see the explosiveness from J.C. Horn as an athlete. Where with Sertan, I you know he's not he's not as explosive as an athlete, but uh, he's still. I mean, he's a he's incredibly gifted. Uh, he's good in the run game. He's a physical corner. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like you're getting a good corner with JC or with Sertan, uh, regardless, like maybe he doesn't become an all pro, but I think you're getting a good player that plays for you for a long time. So, um, yeah, there's not really a, a massive difference. If, if they went horn over Sertan, it's, it's kind of the same. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been torn on the offensive line situation. And if a guy like Rashawn Slater is available, would I want them to go Slater or, one of the corners, and I think I, I I'd go Slater. I mean, you look at those that offensive line. Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins have both had injury issues. Uh, the guards. Here's the other thing: like you can play Rashawn Slater in year one at the left guard position, and then if one of those tackles gets hurt, you slide him to tackle, and uh, Connor Williams then comes in to play guard. So like I, I think he's a starter anyway. And you're potentially locking down the tackle position. Um, again, I don't know if Dallas is going to be in a position to get a, you know, a, a top ten caliber left tackle. Where, and and you know, corners I just don't think have the same value at ten as a guy that could be your left tackle for a decade. So, I think I would lean toward Rashawn Slater if he were available. But I had him gone at this point. So Sertan is the pick. Yeah, I mean, either way, if you get Slater or Sertan or Horn or whoever, I mean, yeah. that's – they're filling huge need right there at 10, which is probably something that they've – I mean, uh, we know that they kind of have just gotten best available the last few yeah. years. So uh, it's time to, you know, fill that need. And, e- and even then, I mean, if you're at 10 and Sertan's there, he's probably arguably the best available, yeah. at least on the defensive side. I mean, there's receivers that probably are higher on the big boards, but, again, they don't need a receiver. So – Right. It's, yeah, it's the one time where even if you're talking about best player available, like the, the last need on their team is receiver. Right. Like if you're stacking the position groups, wide receivers very last. So, well, yeah, maybe you're you, not taking your top need. 
I think you still have to consider what you do have. And look, here's the other thing with the Dallas Cowboys and their roster and how much money they've spent. Jerry Jones has said in the last week, they don't have money for free agency. So in some ways, they have to address needs in this draft because they can't in free agency. So they have to get players in this draft that are going to fill some vacancies because they're all their money's tied up. So, yeah. And I think Sertan, I, I'm not sure about Horn, but I, I, I think Sertan could probably be a week one starter. Absolutely. I think they both would, but yeah, Sertan right. feels like he is, he's further along. So, all right. 11 through 15. All right. 11. I've got Jalen Waddle going to the giants, Devonte Smith going to uh, the Eagles, which is exactly what we had. I had last week. Um, obviously you picked for the Eagles, but, uh, and then, Los Angeles, I've got them taking Rashawn Slater. Uh, it was a tough debate between the Slater and Darisol there, but if Slater's on the board, I gotta, I have to assume they're probably going to side with Slater just because he's so much more uh, versatile on the on the line and where they can play him. I've got Minnesota taking Jalen Phillips out of Miami, and then uh, the Carolina now at fifteen with the trade with New England taking Micah Parsons to round out uh, eleven through fifteen. Okay, there you go. I, I told you at 8, I thought Carolina could definitely go Micah Parsons. So if they get him at 15, I think that's a home run for them. Um, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just makes sense. Like, it's, you know, for, for what they've had in the past, for the way their defense has been built, for what type of football team Matt Rule likes, the Matt Rule-Penn State connection. Like, it just, you know, too, too much, uh, too many one plus ones in that scenario. Yeah, if Micah, if, look, if Micah Parsons, if they move back from 8, I, maybe Dallas takes a chance on him, but cornerback's such a bigger need. Yeah, New York needs a linebacker. New York and Philadelphia both could use a linebacker, but I think receivers like a much bigger need for both of those teams over linebackers. So, yeah, yeah I, Micah Parsons could fall. I, I I would not be shocked if he fell today. I wouldn't be shocked. Like fifteen could be uh, like the highest I could see him going if he falls past like seven Agreed. or eight. Agreed. So I, I, I also considered Parsons. I told you I considered him at 8 for Carolina. I also considered him at 11 for the New York Giants. Uh, once again, I think it's probably one of those deals where they feel like they can still, you know, linebackers uh, just don't have as much weight at the high end of, of the, the draft as they used to. Um, and I'm not saying that's uh, the way it should be. It's just, you know, we've seen it. Um, so I, I, I initially penciled in Micah Parsons here to the Giants. I ended up going Jalen Waddell. Uh, Philadelphia was a tough one because I, I think Devontae Smith is the perfect fit, but I also think J.C. Horn would be the perfect fit for them defensively. I landed on Devontae Smith. Um, if, if, you know, if you're going to go with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, he's got to have weapons uh, or it's going to be a complete catastrophe. Uh, Chargers at 13, Christian Derisaw. Vikings at 14, Elijah Vera Tucker, and the New England Patriots at 15, Micah Parsons. There you go. So we both got Micah Parsons going 15. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, look, I think Micah Parsons is really good. I, mean, I know we both think he's really good. Yeah. He's by far the best linebacker in this class, but like you said, I mean, linebackers kind of gotten to the point where it's like the running back of the defense yes. where you can just get value later in the draft. Um, to help you out, and then obviously you know free agency and stuff. You could still get quality linebackers and free agency. So, you know, using a top fifteen pick on a linebacker, I mean, you really have to be convinced that that dude yeah. is going to be a huge difference maker. And 
I think for Carolina, if they're not going quarterback, which all right, well, you have New England at 15. So for me, if Carolina is not going quarterback, then it's linebacker, offensive lineman. For New England, I I would say if New England's still there at 15, they're probably taking best available, wouldn't you say? Yes, yeah. I, I thought that um, my scenarios for them at 15, because I, I, I penciled in a few names in different spots and kind of rearranged them, and the three guys that I kept landing on at 15 were either Micah Parsons, Devontae Smith, or J.C. Horn. Like, the different ways that I arranged some of the picks above them and how it could potentially fall, I think those were the the three guys that I thought would be in play there. Yeah. They're, I Look, I mean, it's New England. I, I would be shocked if they stay at 15 tonight, whether it's moving up or moving back. Yeah. 15 just seems like a no-win scenario for New England. Agreed. Unless, for some reason, one of the quarterbacks just happens to keep falling to 15, but... It's just for a team that's trying to win this season, it's kind of a tough spot for them to be in in the first round. So, yeah, I don't know. That is, that's going to be an interesting pick. I mean, when's the last time New England picked 15 with their own pick? Yeah, yeah no doubt. In 20 years, probably. Yeah, I agree. All right, 16 through 20, what do you got? All right, 16. Look, I this pick is I just going off of what I've seen a bunch of in the last couple of days. I've seen a lot of people having this guy go 16, so... I'm going to jump on the bandwagon because there's got to be a reason that everybody that I, well, like 95% of the people I've seen have him going here. I'm going to go Zayvon Collins to Arizona at 16. Then I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker, 17 to Oakland, Las Vegas, excuse me. And then uh, at 18, I've got Miami taking Quiddy Pay. 19, I've got the football team taking Rashad Bateman. And then uh, at 20, Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Okay. Uh, I have them taking Tevin Jenkins at 20. Nice. I like that. Um, yeah, we we have some of the same positional picks, uh, just depending on what's available, maybe different players. Uh, so I went, uh, I went Cardinals J.C. Horn at 16. Again, I think you're just talking about getting a premium corner uh, and that being more valuable in the draft than the linebacker position in general. So not necessarily saying this is anything like J.C. Horn over Zayvon Collins as much as you're getting, you know, arguably the number one corner in the draft uh, versus a linebacker. So uh, I went uh, J.C. Horn, still available to the Arizona Cardinals at 16. The Raiders is tough because, you know, Mike Mayock and John Gruden and and the way they've, they've drafted in the past um, – you don't really feel like you necessarily have a great idea of which way they're going to go. Um, I went Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I, I just think that uh, they they become infatuated with these guys that they just call football players, and I think that's what JOK is. He's just a he's a football player, and you know pe- some people kind of view him as a tweener between like a safety and a linebacker. Uh, but I can I can literally hear those guys having the conversation about like. Man, this guy just makes plays, and and he's just gonna, you know, just having him on the field is going to help our defense out, and um, he just seems like a Raider guy. So, JOK to the Raiders. I went uh, first edge off the board for me at eighteen. Miami Dolphins take Jalen Phillips. Nineteen Washington Football Team. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about them needing a linebacker at this point. I have Parsons and JOK gone. So I gave them Rashad Bateman. They desperately need offensive help. Uh, that defense is really solid, but they they 
have very little in terms of yeah, playmakers. I, I agree. So I, I yeah. also have Bateman at 19. And then Chicago, I was debating between Greg Newsom the second and Tevin Jenkins. I think you went Jenkins here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I, I landed on them going corner instead of a right tackle because I, I, I don't know anybody that, that believes that Tevin Jenkins comes in and plays the left side. So at 20, I, I think uh, they probably view getting a number one corner uh, as a little bit more premium position than right tackle. So I, I landed on Greg Newsom the second at 20 instead of Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, look, I, I, I've seen the I've seen the same conversation with Washington needing a linebacker. I've seen safety as a need and cornerback, and I'm just like, yeah. I, their defense was so good last year. I just it's hard for me to fathom why in the first round they're going to take a defensive guy when their offense was putrid. Yeah. I mean, they desperately need agreed. They need a quarterback really, but there's there's nobody going to be there. There's not going to be anybody at 19 at the quarterback position. So the receiver makes 100% sense. Like, it makes total sense yeah. to either go offensive line or to get a weapon at 19. And I, I we both had Rashad Bateman because it just it makes too much sense for them to get Bateman. Yeah, if somebody like Christian Darisol had been available, like, I, that's definitely a possibility. But, you know, I have the top four offensive linemen in the draft gone by the time they're picking at 19. So I, I think you, you think- just have to get offensive playmaker and Rashad Bateman's the best available. Yeah, I guess at 19, you're probably it's Tevin Jenkins or Rashad Bateman or any receiver. I guess yeah. just depends where what receivers they have and what order on their board. But you're looking at Tevin Jenkins or a receiver. Yeah, agreed. And I I would probably go receiver because I think the ta- I think we probably both agree that the talent that's going to be available there at receiver is much higher than the talent that's going to be there at line the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, so. no doubt. All right, 21 through 25. All right. Uh, Colts, I have them taking Aziz Ajulari out of Georgia. Uh, Tennessee was tough. This was a tough one because I think they need a receiver and they need a cornerback, but I think they're probably going to side cornerback. Uh, I, I gave them Greg Newsom. New York Jets, I have them taking Morig out of TCU. Pittsburgh, look, they're taking Najee Harris. Everything that I've seen, it says they're going Najee Harris at 24. So I'm going to give them Najee Harris at 24. And then Jacksonville, I think they're going to, not a huge need. They do need offensive line, but I think they can wait. And I, th- I think this is a good spot to just take best available. Uh, and on my board, JOK is the best available. So I've got JOK going to Jacksonville. Nice. Yeah, I, I like those. Um, and I'm with you on the, on the Najee Harris thing. The Pittsburgh pick is really interesting. Uh, so I went Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you went edge rush there as well. I went Quiddy Pay to Indy. Uh, Tennessee, you're right. I think this was a really difficult pick to make. Uh, I considered Trayvon Merrick here. I considered Caleb Farley, who is the best corner available on my board at this point. I I think Terrace Marshall first is really underrated in this draft, but I think he's probably the closest thing to Corey Davis in this draft. I mean, when you look at the size and the ability, and I think as far as just being a perfect complement to just replace the hole that just left... Uh, to take pressure off of A.J. Brown, to take pressure off of uh, that run game, and to make Ryan Tannehill look better. Um, I, I literally had Terrace Marshall in at 22 until like 30 seconds ago. That's amazing. And then I was like, uh, I was like, I, I was like, they're going to go cornerback here. Yeah. But I li- like Terrace Marshall had been there for hours yeah. until like 30 seconds ago. I agree. He is the, of the receivers that are available right now, he is the 
closest thing to a Corey Davis, to a guy that could play outside every down. 6'3", 200 pounds, yep. yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, 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 that pick just makes so much sense to me. Um, I also, I did consider Tevin Jenkins here as well because they do need a right tackle. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is obviously a right tackle. So, you know, to to add a run-blocking right tackle to what you have in front of Derrick Henry, I think is also a big-time possibility. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, again, there are a lot of slot receivers in this draft, but I don't see a lot of guys like Terrace Marshall in this draft on the outside. So that just made too much sense. Tennessee, Terrace Marshall, the New York Jets... This is also a pick where I think they could go in a bunch of different directions. Edge rush was a big possibility. Offensive line is a big possibility. Uh, but Caleb Varley, you know, from a talent standpoint, might be the best corner in this draft. Still on the board. There are question marks, but they desperately need help all over the place. And I just think Caleb Varley is has so much upside that if you're the Jets, why not? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I considered Najee Harris here. Uh, I considered Creed Humphrey here. I considered Aziz Ojolari here. I considered Trayvon Merrick here. Uh, there were just I, there were a lot of players. This was probably the pick in in these last ten where I changed the the name six or seven times. Uh, I ended up landing Tevin Jenkins here. Um, they need help on the right side. They were one of the worst run blocking teams in the NFL last year. I think they ranked number. Or I, I can't remember the number, but I'm pretty sure they were top five in pass protection, but they were the very worst team in, in run blocking in the NFL. So um, you went Najee Harris to help with the run game. I went Tevin Jenkins to help with the run game. So I think the thought process was the same, just different players to help with that process. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, best player available on the board here. Uh, also, the way that Urban Meyer likes to build football teams, defensive line, Christian Barmore. Yeah, Barmore, look, I mean, it, it's funny because it, I, I would say he's definitely the best interior defensive lineman, and I have not seen any mock drafts, even in both of our mock drafts, where he is not just falling, like, close to the second round, yeah. into the first round, close to the second, yeah. Um, I've also seen some mock drafts that have the Jets taking Travis Etienne at 23, and that just does I just don't see that happening. I mean, they could easily get him at 30, at what, like 34 in the, with the second pick in the second round, yeah. no, no reason that Travis Etienne shouldn't be available there. Or even if they don't want Etienne, Javante Williams will be there. So, yeah, that just that just doesn't make sense to me for New York to take Etienne at twenty three. They do need a running back, but I just yeah. twenty three. I think he's like just such a great fit for what they do, and he's so much of a better fit in that offense than the other guys. That that's the only reason I could maybe see them saying, "Hey, we don't want to risk maybe." I'm not being there. The Bucks feeling like they have this luxury yeah. pick, or Buffalo kind of feeling to a degree like they have a luxury pick at 30 and snatching him up. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I can I could see, see it. it. I just I wouldn't do it personally. Yeah. All right, 26. Uh, the guy that I had penciled in in 22, I have the Browns taking Terrace Marshall because we talked about it a bunch. It's kind of just they they're so good. Their roster is so well built that they can take best available or just fill a small need. I think uh, getting a third receiver for Baker is where they're going to go. So I'm going to go Terrace Marshall, 26, uh, 27, which is Baltimore. I'm going to go Jason Owe and then uh, Kadarius Tony to New Orleans, Elijah Moore to 20 to the Packers at 29. And then uh, you want to just go to 32. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. 
Okay. And then uh, Buffalo, I have them going Christian Barmore. Baltimore at 31, I have them taking uh, is Jaden Davis, right? Jamin Davis, excuse me. Jamin yeah. Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. And then uh, Tampa Bay, I was debating between Asante Samuel Jr. and Caleb Farley, but I think that Tampa Bay is so good and they don't really have any needs that they can take a gamble on Caleb Farley because I think his ceiling is much higher than yeah. Asante Samuel Jr.'s. And if he doesn't work out, then no big deal. Like he's he's going to step in there and probably be like he he doesn't even need to be a starter because their their defense is just so so built so right. well built and so talented that they can gamble on a on a pick like Farley who is uber talented just has some you know obvious obvious health concerns. Yeah, I'm not crazy about their corners anyway. Like you know they're they're the Super Bowl champs. They they bring back all 22 teams and that's probably my least favorite position on their entire roster. So. If you can get arguably the most talented corner in this draft at 32, you're the one team that can't afford to take a gamble on him with the with the health concerns. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me if he's there. Uh, I'm with you. I would have done the same thing if I had Caleb Farley available at that point. Uh, Cleveland Browns. I went Zaven Collins. Uh, I debated between Collins and Jameen Davis here. Uh, Zaven Collins, I think just the versatility, the athleticism at, what, 270 pounds? Like, yeah, just a beast. He's just a freak. Uh, I think he would just be a nice weapon in the middle there. Uh, Ravens, they've got two picks now in this draft. So I was going to go edge rush, but I kind of looked at the way the board fell, and it kind of feels like at 31, they're still going to have a couple of options available, um, only a few picks away. So I went Trayvon Merrig, safety TCU to the Ravens at 27. New Orleans Saints take Jameen Davis, linebacker Kentucky. Green Bay Packers, a first-round weapon for Aaron Rodgers, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. We agree on that pick. 30, the Buffalo Bills. This is a guy whose stock has dropped, but again, I, Buffalo's so close. Uh, I, I think they are looking for an edge rush guy. They don't need somebody to come in and necessarily start immediately. They've got two starting defensive ends, but both of those guys come off the books next offseason. So, um I, I think just the potential, the ceiling for Gregory Rousseau and the fit as far as the defense that Buffalo plays uh, works a little bit better than the other edge rush guys that are available here. So Gregory Rousseau to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, back to the Ravens. I said that there was going to be a couple of pass rushing options in their 3-4 defense. I gave them Aziz Ojalari at 31 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to close out the first round. Like you said, I mean, it's just a, a luxury pick here. Best player available. Um, Jason Pierre Paul's getting up there in age, uh, you know, edge rush defense is what won them a Super Bowl a year ago to get a guy of Jason always athletic ability that can come in, doesn't have to play immediately can, can just be mentored by JPP uh, and Shaq Barrett, I, I mean, when you look at the 4-3 speed, the size, the athleticism, the length, uh, the fact that you don't need him to play immediately, I think this is a perfect pick for Tampa 32. So Jason Owe is the final pick of the first round. Nice. Yeah, Tampa is, uh, right now for this season, I mean, they're pretty stacked on defense on both sides of the ball, really. But, I mean, there's they they this draft's important for them because those guys are, they've got a lot of guys that are probably going to be done here in, what, like, two to three years, JPP and Dominic and Sue on the defensive side, Le uh, Levante David's up there in age. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Brady and Gronk and those guys on offense, but 
it's important. And I think that, yeah, whether it's Owe or Farley or uh, maybe if Barmore's there, like whatever decisions yeah. they make, 32 is – it's a luxury pick right now, but I, it's it's a super important pick for two to three years down the road. Cause Absolutely. They've, they've got some key players that are up there in age right now. I considered uh, Anwuzurike – The uh, the uh, oh the DT from uh, Washington Washington yeah 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 I've seen I've seen him uh, going thirty two as well yeah it's they they have the luxury of taking you know best available on their board but there right. there are a few positions that are pretty important for them to draft really well in uh, whether it's tonight or the next couple of days but yeah it's I, I love the OA pick I obviously had him going to twenty seven so I think I agree I mean he's a first round talent probably into the first round where we both have him but yeah. Yeah. Um, so you didn't have Barmore in the first round, did you? Yeah, I had him at twenty-five to Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville. That, yeah. Okay. Okay. You're right. Oops. Yeah, there were a couple spots where I I kind of considered him, but I it, it's so interesting, and and uh, I think Las Vegas was the first spot that I really put thought into whether I would take Barmore there. Um, and again, that's that's one of those you know, Mayock and Gruden things, you have no idea what direction they're going to go. Um, so JOK just, just seems like a, like a Mayock guy. Uh, but yeah. then, I mean, Miami at 18, I think for Barmore makes sense. Uh, Chicago, Indianapolis, Tennessee, like I could see jets. Like I could see any of those teams just saying, look, he's the best interior defensive lineman. Let's go get him. But I think there are just more pressing needs for all those teams with what's available on the board them bar more so uh full disclosure here a little peek behind the curtain i had my mock draft all all done this morning at like 7 30 and then like at 8 40 i was like yeah i was like i don't know i think i want to make some changes i don't really love this the, the way this played out after like six and i did it and i went all the way to 32 and i realized i didn't have trey lance anywhere oh no <laughs> and oh, so like no I noticed it like we had we we had already connected on Skype and I was like, oh crap, I don't have Trey Lance anywhere on my board. And I was like, I can't justify him going to fifteen and just filling it out from there. So like I moved the Patriots up. And then like as we've been going, it's I had to like when I put Trey Lance in, Rashawn Slater dropped off and I didn't have him anywhere. So I'm like having to like fill it in as we go, but like kind of like move each offensive lineman down to the next team. That's amazing. Oh, that's I, I'm brutal. okay with it. There's like, yeah, I'm okay with my mock draft. There's a couple of picks where I'm like, huh, I don't know, but yeah. for the most part, I I'm okay with it. Well, it's funny because the mock draft I gave you was the, the mock draft I, that I finished last night around 10 o'clock. And then I made changes around 11 o'clock last night. And then I made changes when I first got up this morning and then I made changes about an hour before we started. And then I went back to the mock draft that I had finished last night at 10 o'clock and, and landed back at the, the original end of what I, I started on last night. Just, just like we've been talking though, like this is, there's four to 32 in the, excuse me, in the first round. Like it's just, yeah. who knows? Like who knows where these teams are going to go? Like there's no guarantee that anybody is going to be uh, at any position past three. I think we could probably pencil in Pitzel and Chase in the top 10, but past that, who knows? Yeah, I agree. Those three guys are definitely going top 10. 
Um, I, you know, here's my biggest question of the draft. If the 49ers don't take Mac Jones, how far does he fall? Because I, I, I think, think Detroit gets, I does need a quarterback, but I don't think they would take Mac Jones when they have Jared Goff. I don't think, like, that's just such a better pick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that... Yeah. And same thing for Carolina. Like, is Mac Jones a guaranteed safer pick than Sam Darnold? I don't think so. I don't think there's more upside there necessarily. Like, Well, here's the question for you. If Denver stays at nine and Mac Jones is the only quarterback on the board... To can Denver justify? Because if Denver doesn't take him, he's falling to 15 and New England's getting him. Yeah. Or but Chicago or Washington or somebody like trades that trades up. up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. It's uh, it's crazy to me that we're talking about this third pick and the three guys that it could possibly be. But like if, if Trey Lance or Justin Fields doesn't get drafted with that pick, like I still 100% believe those, those two guys are getting taken in the top 10. If Mac Jones doesn't get taken at number three with San Francisco, unless somebody trades up, I don't see him getting selected in the top 10. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that he's, I mean, I I, I don't want to say that he's not worth the top 10 pick because he's a quarterback and, you know, they hold a significant more weight than any other position, obviously. So just being a quarterback and being a first round talent, you could probably argue that he's, as valuable as a top 10 pick, but I mean, no, 10 through 10 through 14, they're not taking a quarterback unless Minnesota goes absolutely just bonkers and decides to take Mac Jones at 14, which is unlikely. I mean, he's not going 11 through 14. So yeah, you get to new, then you get to that area with new England, possibly Vegas, Washington, Chicago. Like there are teams that need a quarterback in that 15 to 20 range. Yeah. That are Mac Jones, if he doesn't go in the top 10, I'd say probably 15 to 20 for sure. Without a doubt, he's yeah. going somewhere in that area. Help Miami's. Miami's there at 18. If Mac Jones is, doesn't go before that, maybe Pittsburgh trades up. Help, maybe Pittsburgh trades up with New England. If New England's yeah. like pretty set, they're, they're going to get Garoppolo. Pitt, I could see Pittsburgh going up to 15 and taking Mac Jones. I mean, if. If you're looking at the future of your organization in your Pittsburgh, who has traditionally for the past 50 years been one of the best organizations in all of sports, are you going to take Najee Harris over Mac Jones if you can get Mac Jones? No. I mean, the quarterback position is so much more important. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Back, yeah. 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 The Mac, again, I, I think that's the most fascinating storyline to me in the entire first round is if San Francisco doesn't take Mac Jones, how far does he go? Because I don't, I, I don't believe I'm, Trey Lance and Justin Fields get out of the top ten if Mac Jones is the pick there. But unless somebody trades up, I could absolutely see Mac Jones falling out of the top ten. I hope it happens, but I, I just can't. I think San Francisco going Mac Jones. Yeah, I do too. I think it, uh, Crazy man, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's got us hype, and it's a dorky looking, you know, pocket passer. Yeah, what he's always had. Yeah. Um. Look, I, I know they love Kyle Shanahan. I, I think you and I are on the same page. He's one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. But if you take Mac Jones here and you miss, this is devastating because they're they're a Super Bowl contender everywhere else. Yeah, hell, I mean, they were a Super Bowl contender with a, 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 a like an average quarterback. So yeah. 
they don't even need the quarterback at three to go in there and be rookie of the year. They don't need him to be uh, Justin Herbert or Burrow. or They just need him to be a good, like a decent to good quarterback. They just yeah. need him to be a game manager year one. Right. Yeah. And just to I not mean, miss the the big throws that are available when they're available, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. when you have the open guys, make sure you hit them. And look, that's what Mac well, Jones does really well. So Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they like him. It's not like this is some really bad football player, but he just doesn't have the same upside and the same tools, the same playmaking tools that the other guys have. But and look, I mean, too. Let's I look at it this way: of all the 32 teams in the NFL, which offense is probably the most quarterback-friendly offense as far as like what you're asked to do and you know how much you actually have to be responsible for in winning and losing ball football games. Yeah. San Francisco's got to be one of the easiest. Absolutely. You've got George Kittle. They've got a great zone run scheme with a good offensive line and any running back that could squeeze in there. And a defense like, that doesn't make you have to play in track meets. Uh, yeah. So no matter where they go at quarterback, I, I, there's, I think there's no chance they go Trey Lance here. I know that they say they like Trey Lance, but I just, I just don't think that puts them in a situation where they're going to win this year or yeah. next year. So I think it's Mac Jones as, as yeah. we did with our mock drafts. It's wild to me. Like I like Trey Lance. Um, I think the upside is unbelievable. Uh, and, and look, I think Mac Jones is a first round quarterback. I just don't think he's the number three quarterback. The, the gap for me between Justin Fields and those other two guys is significant. We both had Justin. I had Justin Fields too. Same. Yeah. On my quarterback rankings. Same. I just don't think the gap between him and Zach Wilson is as like, there's a massive gap in my opinion from Justin Fields to Trey Lance or Mac Jones. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that, I think there's a, like a small gap between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, but it, it's big enough that there's really no debate on who you're taking one. Yeah. And then I agree that Fields and, and Wilson are pretty close. And then Trey Lance is like the same gap that's between Lawrence and Wilson and Fields. I think that's there between Lance and those and those second and third guys. And I think Mac Jones is yeah. comfortably fifth in my quarterback rankings. And I think he's good. Like he's got good traits. We've talked about it quite a bit. But just the future and what he can bring you and his ceiling, I just don't think it's anywhere close to those other four guys. Agreed. All right, my friend, I will see you tonight at Chalk. It is uh, draft night at Chalk. Colby Daniels, Aaron Davis, broadcasting live beginning at 6.30 for the entire first round. So this is going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. Uh, this is going to be a wild draft. This is going to be this is gonna be a memorable draft. So I'm just I'm ready for like that uh, that one pick that's going to give us the like Daniel Cormier, Joe Rogan, like memes where we're falling back in our chair and yeah it yeah it's look it's gonna be like a, a vegas pick or something like that vegas is yeah. gonna trade up to like nine and take Kadarius tony yeah or or you know the las vegas raiders select kyle trask this is the like, first oh! round. yeah exactly what yeah yeah it, look i it feels like there's gonna be like seven trades in the first round tonight it feels tonight it just feels like it's gonna be a wild night yeah it's gonna be awesome all right, buddy. See you then. All right. See you. That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. 
If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals has what you're looking for. Plus, we're saving you 15% when you order online. Visit abotanicalcompany.com, use the discount code COLBYSHOW, and we will save you 15%. Again, Artisan Botanicals, abotanicalcompany.com. All right, 6.30 tonight, we begin our live broadcast from Chalk in Chisholm Creek. We hope to see you guys there. Come out, watch the draft, get some free draft swag, potentially... Win a prize if you draw one of the top 10 picks in this draft from the hopper. The grand prize is the Baker Mayfield autographed canvas print. But this is going to be so much fun. I hope to see you all there. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere for the NFL draft tonight at Chalk in Chisholm Creek. Everybody have a great day. Stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.